Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today, very quick uh, turnaround from round eight into round nine. It's about that time of the week for the NRL weekly preview. And specifically, we're going to be jumping into round nine. Now, much like last year, this season, I've split the season into thirds. First third of the season from round one up until magic round. Uh, Second part is from Magic Round through the Origin Series, and then the final third is from once the Origin Series completes, uh, all the way through to the finals. So with Magic Round coming up in round 10, round nine marks the first third being completed. So we're starting to get an idea of where teams stand. And when you look at the ladder, I mean, Bulldogs in second last, only two wins, outside of the top eight. So other than the Tigers, everyone is still a live chance in season 2023. There are a lot of reasons to be excited and there are some really fun matchups coming up in round nine. Now today, uh, I'm going to skip through the news cycle, already broke through, or broke through? Fucking hell, I don't know what I'm even talking about. Uh, Already broke down the Jack Whiten signing with the Rabbitohs, Already spoke about the return of Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Of course, Nelson Osofa-Solomona extending with the Melbourne Storm for a further four seasons. And today, news breaking that the Dolphins have another signing next year. That being St. George Illawarra Dragons' Josh Kerr, who is a Redcliffe junior. So that signing makes a ton of sense. Other than that, not really any news that I want to get into. I feel like why not just jump straight into the games and we've got eight of them. So full preview coming up. Melbourne Storm with the bye in round nine. Now there's nothing else to do but get amongst it. This is the round nine preview. Shark Park will play host to the first game of the round Thursday night just a tick before 8pm, it is going to be the 5th placed Cronulla Sharks up against the 15th placed North Queensland Cowboys in a game that holds great significance given that this one going to be in honour of Paul Green uh, taken far too soon from this world, a former Cronulla Sharks player and the man most famous for leading the Cowboys to their inaugural and to this date only premiership in NRL history. So don't forget this one honouring Paul Green, uh, tragic circumstances in which he left us last year and there's going to be a lot of raw emotion, especially on the Cowboys side of things. Now Todd Payton, he's sticking with the same side that beat the Knights last weekend, whilst Craig Fitzgibbon also going to be rolling with the same 17. So two unchanged lineups and I've got to say Although Sharks are the heavy favourites, and looking at the stats provided by David Middleton, Sharks have also won 8 
of their past nine games against the Cowboys. I think this one's going to be tougher than the odds suggest because the Cowboys are absolutely desperate. If they can't win here, their season is beginning to slip away from them. And given how congested the competition is, if Cowboys can win here and notch up back-to-back victories, then they start to be on their way. They start to lift back toward a push for a finals appearance. Uh, So I think the Cowboys are going to be desperate. They're going to be emotionally charged. And it's going to be a tough ask for the Cronulla Sharks to get up over them. Now, Will Kennedy for the Sharks has been in outrageously good form. Definitely career best. He's someone, when I look at this game, uh, that I can think, or that I think can break this wide open. And conversely, on the other side, the fullback for the Cowboys, Scott Drinkwater. He is someone that can really take this game by the scruff of the neck. So I think the fullbacks, they're going to have a key role in this matchup. Obviously expecting Nico Hines to shine as well. Uh, And opposing Nico, the halfback for the Cowboys, Cronulla Sharks, former player in Chad Townsend. In fact, a couple of former Premiership winners for the Cowboys uh, who played in that Premiership for the Sharks. Valentine Holmes, one of them as well. And ultimately, I think this is going to be a banger contest. Holmes, one-on-one with Jesse Ramian. That's a matchup that I like a lot. Sione Katoa head-to-head with Murray Taolangi. Uh, you've got Ronaldo Mulitalo up against Kyle Felt. So across the back line, some very interesting battles. And like any game, this one definitely going to be decided in the Ford packs. So whichever of the big boys can impose themselves more, that's going to lay the platform for these exciting backline players to really shine. Like I said as well, I think Cowboys, they're going to be a lot better than they have been, just given desperation. They need this win, so they are going to put everything they have into it. Whilst for the Sharks, I have them as one of the biggest premiership threats. And a win here will really start to push them toward top four honours. So it's a big game for both sides. I do think Sharks have the edge, obviously. They've won eight of their past nine. Now, what was the game that the Cowboys won in there? Well, from memory, it was a finals game. I'm pretty sure it was the game where Valentine Holmes kicked a field goal. So yes, Sharks have had eight of nine wins in their recent meetings. But in the most important matchup, the Cowboys got the W. So I think Sharks are going to be stinging. They will not have forgotten what happened in the final series last year. Whilst for the Cowboys, look, they are going to want to honour Paul Green, no doubt. And they also have ambitions to climb up the ladder. So it's a great way to get the round started. I'm going to take the Sharks. Like I said, I just think they're premiership contenders. I don't trust the Cowboys. But again, that element of desperation is something that does concern me. I think Cowboys are in for their best performance of the year, but they are going to need it because Cronulla are starting to fire. That right side is just lethal. Nico Hines, current best player in the game. Britton Nakora, probably the best line running back rower. Uh, And a lot of the time we see Nico, he'll go for that short ball and he'll try get Nakora straight through the line. And a couple of times against the Roosters a couple of weeks ago, uh, like forward passes and things like that. 
but I think the more time they have alongside each other, the more they're going to click as the year goes on. I think Britain Nakora is in for a huge game here, and ultimately, I'm looking at that right edge of the Sharks, Nakora, Hines, Ramian, and of course Sione Katoa as a real point of difference. I feel like they're going to throw a lot of attack that way, and then if you flip over to the left side, you've got Matt Moylan with Teague Wilton, who himself can run a great line, uh, Ronaldo Molitalo, who I believe he's going to be looking for a try here after coming up very short uh, last weekend against the Bulldogs, and of course Sifa Talakai, a complete wrecking ball who could cause Petahiku some real issues. So as far as how I see this one playing out, I think the desperate Cowboys are going to dry, uh, drag the Sharks into a real grinding contest. But ultimately, when it comes to who's going to come out on top, I just cannot trust the Cowboys right now. Even in victory against the Knights, their performance was ugly last weekend. They have a lot that needs to be fixed. Nothing more so than their defense. And if Cowboys defensively don't show up in this one, Sharks could pile on the points, similar to what they did against the Dragons. But given the nature of this one being tribute to the great Paul Green, I feel like Cowboys, they're going to be up for this one. But when it comes to class and when it comes to that X factor, I just think Sharks, they're going to have that little bit too much for the Cowboys to contend with. Of course, no Jason Taumalolo for North Queensland as well. So I see Sharks really working through the middle, using their edge as well, getting Cowboys on the back foot, and then eventually being able to find points. But I don't think it's going to be too easy. I expect Cowboys to really drag them down into a bit of an arm wrestle. But let's lock in the first pick of round nine. I'm going to take the Cronulla Sharks to get it done over the North Queensland Cowboys. And that will lead us into our Friday games. Onto the early Friday game between two sides who seemingly at a bit of a crossroads, a win in this one is vital. It is going to be the 13th placed Parramatta Eels, last year's grand finalists, now looking like a shell of their former selves since the departures of Reid Marnie, Isaiah Papali'i, Marata Niokore and Oregon Kalfusi. Now, this new look Eels side just not off to the start they would have hoped for. And now, to compound their issues, Regan Campbell-Gillard out for around eight weeks. So, Eels, look, they really need to get it done. They're looking to make it six straight wins against the Knights. So they've won the last five outings, uh, but Parramatta, 13th place, up against 12th placed Newcastle Knights, who so far, slowly but surely, looking all right. They're not too bad. They're sticking in every contest. Unfortunately, despite some amazing performances, they've struggled to get the win in some really close affairs. And quite simply, if Newcastle want to play finals, they need to produce a win here. A lot at stake. Knights traveling to Combank Stadium to take on the Eels. It's going to be a big game. Looking at the team lists, no Regan Campbell-Gillard, so Wiramu Grieg moves into the starting lineup. Uh, Bryce Cartwright on the bench. 
going to be playing game number 150. So congratulations to Bryce. Other changes, Sean Russell shifts from the wing to the centres to replace Bailey Sermonson, who's out with a head knock. That'll see Hayes Dunster return to the side on the wing. And as far as the Knights, they are sticking with the same 17. And I must say, I really like their backline. Greg Marziu has been a fantastic signing. Dominic Young has been playing out of his skin. Lachlan Miller has been a great addition. And most notably, Kalen Ponga, who returned off the bench last weekend. He's been named at 5'8 here. And given that Origin is just around the corner, I don't think we'll see a change before kickoff. I think we'll see Kellen Ponga play the full game here. And hopefully for Newcastle's sake, that can really boost them. This one's tough. I really don't see the Eels as a contender this year. Definitely finals material, but that's about as far as it goes. Um, but in this one, I'm looking at their halves. Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses... And in fact, the key battle in this one are the halves pairings, because on the other side, KP and Jackson Hastings, they hold the keys to victory for the Knights, much like Brown and Moses hold the keys to victory for Parramatta. So as far as where this game is won and lost, I think it's going to be in the halves, and I'm feeling a big game from Mitchell Moses. He's been in pretty decent form, although Eel's struggling, and I reckon... Mitchell Moses, I reckon he's going to get a few try assists here, and I think this could be a game where he really imposes himself. I'm also looking at Micah Sivo, 40 tries in 41 games at Combank Stadium. Uh, I'd be penciling him in for an anytime try scorer. But if there's one thing we know about Newcastle, it's that they are going to show up for the fight. They have not been, or can't be really faulted on their efforts so far this year, they're playing well above their weight, and look, they're showing a lot of heart. So I'm liking what I've seen from Newcastle, but Parramatta, they are last year's grand finalists. They have a much better team than a 13th placed outfit. They need to win here. They just simply need to win. They, quite frankly, were very average. I wouldn't go as far as saying trash, but they were very, very average against the Broncos. Brisbane, faster, stronger, more skillful. Every aspect of the game, Broncos just had Parramatta covered. Now, when you consider that Brisbane are top of the table, it's a good litmus test of where the Eels are at. And that kind of tells us where the Eels are at. They are nowhere near where they should be. Now, it's only coming to the conclusion of the first third of this season. And I think Eels, it's a long grinding season. And they are still going to have aspirations to win the Premiership. So I'm going to take Parramatta here. Although Knights, I've loved what I've seen from them this year. Uh, but my spidey senses are tingling toward Mitch Moses and Mike Acevo. Those are two names that just come to mind. And I think if they can have a big game, if Mike Acevo can cross for at least one try, and if Mitch Moses can really be creative and get his side on the front foot, I think they'll prove too much for Newcastle. Although with the loss of Regan Campbell-Gillard, the real path to victory for the Knights is through the middle. The Saifiti brothers, Jack Hetherington uh, off the bench, Matt Croker. So I think if Newcastle win this, they're going to do it with their forwards. And on the back of that, Callum Ponga 
can produce some magic, and Jackson Hastings really stirring the ship. But looking at the bigger picture, I'm not ruling out Parramatta just yet. I don't see them as contenders, but they see themselves as contenders, and they need to show us what they are seeing at training. I know Brad Arthur said before that Broncos game that the side were looking on leading into the game, which is usually a red flag that they're going to play pretty poorly. Uh, but there's not much room for error because the season, just quietly, we're nearly 10 rounds into the comp. So now it's not round three, it's not round four, and we're starting to approach origin. So with such a congested competition, wins at this point of the season are essential and Parramatta, if they want to be any part of the finals this year, they must simply get the job done over a side which you'd have to expect they should beat. But Knights, they're not, they're not going by that. We've seen that by how they've performed. So Newcastle could definitely get the upset. Uh, but I just think this game has far too much meaning for Parramatta's season. And if they are serious about going one better in 2023... They just simply need to get the W here. So let's lock in the early Friday pick. I'm going to go with the Parramatta Eels over the Newcastle Knights, and that'll segue us in to the Friday night game. Game of the round, potentially. Although, oh, Penrith West Tigers will be tense. Um, could actually be tense, but let me... Getting off track already. We'll talk about that game in a minute. It's not quite time for that game. It's time for an absolute banger. The first-placed Broncos... The fourth-placed Rabbitohs, both in the top four, and as I said, splitting the season into thirds. There's a plane going by. Again, off track, my bad. Uh, fucking, as the season progresses, like, we're just about, this is the last round of the first third. Sorry to put that in such confusing terms. But Rabbitohs, after, like, a, an okay start, kind of a seesawing start, now they're fourth. And I know, like, wins and losses are so important right now. Because you look, like, Bulldogs second last, two wins out of the eight. Warriors, when they were ahead of the storm in the Anzac Day game, we were second on the live ladder. Now we've dropped to seventh. So this can, like, happen very easily. Loser of this, especially Souths, could take a hit. But the fact that both are in the top four, especially the Broncos, only one loss... And if I pick a most impressive side from the first third of this competition, it's easily the Brisbane Broncos, coached by Kevin Walters. And just the way they're getting it done is unbelievable. They have a complete side, although no Payne Haas, no Corey Oates, no Ezra Mam in this game. So three massive outs. I've been hugely impressed with Ezra Mam, especially defensively, because I feel like that's where... He kind of let himself down, although it was his rookie year, so no doubt an exciting attacking player. But this year, he's clearly gone to the next level defensively, which is such a good sign and exactly what you want to see in a second-year player. Uh, some players in their second year, there's that term second-year syndrome. They can kind of regress. But Ezra Mam, he's gone ahead by miles. It looks like he has three or four years under his belt now. Uh, but replacing him... Interestingly, a former Australian schoolboys captain and a new addition to this Broncos lineup, someone who's been pushing Ezra Mam, and more so, I think, as a backup for Adam Reynolds, who's been able to stay on the park so far this year. 
Jock Madden, who's come over from the Tigers. They probably could be using him at the moment. And I think Jock Madden just quietly could be in for a big game. No Payne Haas as well, who he's been the form player of the competition alongside Reese Walsh, who they do have. Uh, but Payne Haas, no doubt a huge loss, especially the fact that Rabbitohs now have Tevita Totola back. Who, outside of probably Cameron Murray and Keon Kolomatangi, is probably the heart and soul of this Ford pack. I think back a couple of years ago, where Rabbitohs still very much like now were in the Premiership hunt. I mean, think about how many prelims they've been bundled out of, and of course the grand final against Penrith. Uh, so Rabbitohs, there was a point where it was like, they just seem a little bit short in the middle, and Look, Cameron Murray was already an elite player, but I feel like in terms of their middle forward stocks, of course Tom Burgess has held it down for ages as well. Uh, but Tevita Totola was the one who, when he needed to take more responsibility, he really elevated his game to an elite level. So no pain Haas. I think Tevita Totola is a massive point of difference for the Rabbitohs, uh, but they are still missing some key personnel as well. Still no Keon Kolomatangi. Uh, we see Jai Arrow in the middle. Former Bronco, of course. And uh, Jason Demetrio, former Broncos assistant coach. So he'd probably have a fair idea on some of these players he's going up against. Now Souths coming off a statement win. Of course, Penrith are the only side in recent years that have beaten the Rabbitohs uh, like in the final series. So it's an unbelievable record. And if Penrith didn't exist, Rabbitohs in that period would, you'd have to say, would have a premiership. So they really needed to prove that they could get it done over the Panthers, especially now, no Kikau, no Coruscant. I said in last week's preview, when I tipped South, it was just like, now seems like the time, just for belief. It's not going to ruin their season if they lose to the Panthers, but now... They know this iteration, the 2023 Panthers, are definitely gettable. And Souths, I mean, the way they got them, the final 10 minutes, Latrell Mitchell, who was my player of the round over Anzac round, uh, and Cody Walker, phenomenal. Isaiah Tass with the game-winning try, a guy who might have to make way for Jack Whiten. That's how they cap off their weekend. So Rabbitohs are coming red hot with a ton of momentum into this one, as are the Brisbane Broncos. And whilst Payne Haas is a big out, Keenan Palacia gets the chance to step up. Tom Flegler, Patrick Carrigan, uh, Corey Jensen, and Marty Tapau still in the middle. I mean, the battle of the middle here, now that I look at the team lists, is going to be epic, because Hame Saleh has been really good for South. Davey Moale, I think that's where this one's going to be won and lost. Thank you, Captain Obvious. But with no pain Haas, does that open the door for South Sydney? Now, in terms of backline brilliance, you'd have to say Broncos probably have more points in them. Uh, just having a look. Jesse Arthurs as well, stepping in for Corey Oates. He's already played the majority of the season, and he's been playing really well. So Oates, one of their great players, but they're not losing too much. Jesse Arthurs has been really sound. And I have no idea, no idea who I'm going to tip here. I'm thinking Broncos because I've gone against them the last two weeks and they just continue to impress me. 
as I've said, first third of the season, there hasn't been a team that has impressed me more than the Brisbane Broncos. But then South Sydney, statement win. I wonder how much gas they have in the tank after really getting up for that Penrith game because we've seen them after a big performance come out flat the next week. This is a really tough one. Because like I said, the Jack Whiten news and beating Penrith last weekend, that's going to get the Rabbitohs really fired up. Oh goodness, I have no idea what way I'm going to go. I'm just going to go the Broncos. Uh, because, yeah, last two weeks I've gone against them. And they continue to prove me wrong. So it's a huge game for both of their seasons. And realistically, both these sides in with a major shot of being minor premiers to finish the year. So this is the highlight game. Really keen for this one in round nine. And it's a 50-50 game. That's what we love on a Friday night. Suncorp Stadium, no doubt going to be rocking. So I'll go with the Brisbane Broncos, but not much confidence. Lock it in though. Broncos over the Raptors. Let's get amongst Super Saturday. It's been a few weekends already uh, where the footy's kind of been scattered and we've had some two Saturday games. I like myself Super Saturday. Three games. It's, it's good shit. So we've got three games again, which is a great result. And this one, two teams who've come up against each other already. McDonald's Park and Wagga Wagga. Fucking hell, let me just take that in for a second. That's news to me. I thought this was at GIO Stadium. This one's at Wagga Wagga. Cool. Raiders, 11th placed. Uh, the first thing that comes to everyone's mind, Jack Whiten. Signs with the Rabbitohs. I guess I'll have to talk about that in a second. That's kind of can't gloss over that, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's fucking huge. Mind my French. 11th placed Canberra Raiders. 8th placed Dolphins. 8th placed Dolphins. Raiders coming off the bye. Dolphins making people cry, literally. 26-0. They were down and they came back and won. And they're up against the Raiders. Not in Canberra. Wagga Wagga, again, news to me. Uh, they've already met at KO Stadium in Redcliffe. Redcliffe, but they're called the Dolphins. Um, Hamaso Tabuai Fado killed it, scored two tries. That was the game when it was on the line. And Raiders played stink. They're my second team, and they stunk on that occasion. I was really not impressed, but I was impressed by Isaiah Katoa. He set up the game winner for the hammer uh, and the dolphins like that was only round two and there was heaps of hype then but they face some adversity and they're still sitting eighth and they're looking really good like you don't just come back from 26 nil down like it's no longer a fluke and i'm not saying that they're going to be premiers although buzz rothfield is potentially uh which i love buzz rothfield but like now it's no longer a fluke and to Last week, I said that was the first time I tipped the Dolphins this season. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to go the Dolphins this time. And yeah, it's no longer a fluke. Like, I've had to learn to respect them and stop going against them because they win. And they win in such different ways. And they haven't won. No one, really, in recent times has won quite like how the Dolphins won against the Gold Coast Titans. So, and I've seen people say it's more like... Gold Coast and their issues? I say no. I say absolutely not. I reckon still Dolphins are underestimated. And this is a Wayne Bennett 
coach side. I love a new team. New teams are dope. And this is dope. This is highly enjoyable. They got a cool uniform. It's new. It's fresh. It's a lot of fun. And it was still very new and fresh in round two when they won 20-14 over the Raiders. Both sides will remember that game. And looking at the Raiders lineup, they do have some guys who are former Raiders. Of course, a couple not playing, Anthony Milford and the legendary Edric Lee. Uh, but there's a few who are playing. Branko Lee, former Raider, so he'll be up for this one. Uh, Mark Nichols is a former Raider as well. And yeah, I think that's it. But yeah, Milford. Milford leaving the Raiders at the time was a huge deal, but that's going back a few years. But Raiders, just as they look like they're starting to get organized and get their stuff together, this massive, massive bombshell that Jack Whiten is going to the Rabbitohs for less money, some kind of third party shenanigans, Raiders, I don't like there's Raiders looking for NRL to do an audit, an investigation, it's just, it's not ideal. And Raiders are my second team, genuinely. Um, my dad goes for the Raiders, so I've always watched Raiders games growing up, and I've always loved the team. But Warriors, because I grew up in New Zealand, they are my ultimate guys. But I go for the Raiders against every other side. So, yeah, at points, it's been disappointing. And it seems kind of like the end of an era. I'm glad Josh Papali'i is staying put, but Jared Croker, this could be his last year. He's always been one of my favorite Raiders. And Jack Whiten is my favorite Raider. But I'm just like, whatever. And it would be huge. If this was Warriors, then it would be like, you know, I'd really be feeling it. But it's like, fuck it. It's the game. It happens so much. And the big narrative is that Jack seemingly doesn't believe he can win a premiership at the Raiders. Which, as someone who watches them very closely, I can kind of see it. And I'm just like, okay, sometimes you just got to be like, all right. And the Raiders are not doing that. And neither are their fans. But Jack's given heaps to the club. And I just, yeah, wish him good luck. It's awesome watching him play. Sucks that he's going. But it does free up heaps of money. Like Raiders, we're going to pay him heaps. They might even get Luke Brooks. Who knows? I wouldn't mind that. I honestly wouldn't be opposed to that if it's on way less money. But yeah, that frees up a million in the cap. And they have some really good young kids emerging. So it's not, maybe it's not like chasing a big fish. I think not necessarily Luke Brooks, but if they target someone, ideally George Williams would have been fucking awesome, but I don't think he'll come back and he's just re-signed with Warrington. Maybe. Maybe they go for Lewis Dodd, this St. Helens halfback that people are looking at. Fogarty could easily play 5'8". And they've got young Brad Schneider as well, who I still think has a ton of talent. So it's not the end of the world. There are always players to bring through. And Raiders fans should know, they've lost so many over the years. Like, think about Blake Ferguson, Dugan, Milford. There were a lot of messy exits. Todd, Carney... One of my first favorite players at the Raiders, funnily enough. Loved Todd Carney. He had a great career on and off the field. Um, but yeah, ideally, like, Lewis Dodd could make sense. But if they get someone who's a good half, 
that's not a million dollars, then they can use some of that money to extend and upgrade some of these young guys. Trey Mooney, once he bursts onto the scene, he's going to require some extra money to stay. Uh, they've already retained Joseph Tarpanay, so that in itself is great. Looks like they might let Jordan Rapiner go. So like Rapiner, Croker, and Whiten, you would have to say, would all be on decent coin. Like Jared Croker deserves whatever money he's on because he's given so much to the club. Same with Rapiner. But if they move them on, not only can they upgrade some of these young kids, but yeah, they can make some moves. So I really think there's a lot of positives. Sometimes it's just hard in the emotion of it. And I get it, Jack Whiten is my favorite Raiders player. Uh, but yeah, it's fuck it. There's a Brad Schneider waiting to come through. Lewis Dodds in England. He could be exciting. Kick the winning field goal in the World Club Challenge against Penrith. Pretty clutch. Um, and even Jack Wellsby. Not a ton of people talking about Jack Wellsby. Uh, but he could be a real game breaker. But I'll leave it in the Raiders' hands. Uh, Don Ferner and co. have not reached out to me for my thoughts, so I'm going to leave it in their hands. But the big thing that I wanted to get to in terms of this game is Jack Whiten leaving on the premise that Souths are closer to a premiership than Canberra. And then you throw into this storyline the Dolphins, who are facing the Raiders in Wagga Wagga, of all places. And they too <laughs> were chasing... Jack Whiten's signature. Uh, so Jack said, Rabbitohs, they're closest to a premiership. And I think we could all agree that's a pretty fair assumption. Now we have the Raiders who have been slapped in the face and then kicked in the balls. Just they're like their star player, their Delian medalist just says like, nah, I think, I don't think we can win a premiership or just this isn't it. So that's got to be a huge fire up. If they can't respond here, well, I mean, it's just a response game, isn't it? Dolphins, I think they could even be potentially closer to a premiership than the Raiders. Dolphins with Peter O'Sullivan, Wayne Bennett only for a couple of years, but Christian Wolf, that's a powerhouse waiting to happen. And with the emerging Pacific nations, one point that doesn't get spoken about as much is Christian Wolf being the coach of Tonga. So you think of a lot of these good, great, elite Tongan players in the game. Christian Wolf can say, come on over to the Dolphins. To complement what they already have, which right now is a top eight side, they've added Josh Kerr, Herbie Farnworth, Tom Flegler, and it could be a theme like this season. They missed out on some big names, but the guys who are wearing the Dolphins jersey are awesome. So now after being told, by Jack Whiten, that these two sides, not quite up to premiership standard. It's up to both of them to show him something. For the Dolphins, well, he said he doesn't want to sign with them. They're obviously going to be out to say, we're going to beat you again, just like we did in round two. And then when you're at South, we're going to try to beat you again. Bitch. I don't know how I said that, but yeah, Jack Whiten shunning the Dolphins. And for the Raiders, I mean, Jack Whiten is going to surely fired up and knowing the player that he is and also never met him but I'm sure the kind of bloke he is look he at least can now put it behind him that he's signed with the Rabbitohs and I know for sure he's going to give it his all for the jersey no doubt that's never 
in question. He's just kind of a victim of the system where you can sign a year in advance. But he'll give it his absolute best, no doubt about it. But for the other 16 guys, and Ricky Stewart, who would have been hit hard by this, well now they have a perfect chance to lift their game big time and just show Jack Whiten and show the rest of the competition maybe they're closer to a premiership than we think. They have some very bright young stars and I've always believed on their day, which just hasn't been every time, on their day they can compete with any side in the competition and they can beat any side in the competition. So Jack Whiten, he's actually been at the club so it is a very interesting thing that he doesn't see a premiership or at least competing and being in the premiership mix and he's off to South. So yeah, that it's a wait and see. I'm not going to read into it. But for the other 16 blokes and everyone at the Raiders, that's, that's going to be a challenge. Kind of like Michael Jordan. They're going to have to take it personally. And be like, you don't think we can win a fucking premiership? And Dolphins, great team, uh, but yeah, I think Raiders, I'll be shocked if they're not up for this one big time, and who knows, they could still be in the Premiership mix. Could you imagine Jack Whiten finishes with the Raiders, a grand final winner? Long way to go. They have probably been one of the more disappointing teams this season, and then this news has compounded it. So all it takes is a few losses and the more this plays out, the uglier it could get. But on the other side of that, like I said, on their day, Raiders can compete with anyone. And is this not the ultimate fire up for your star player, for your main man to get shit happening, saying, I'm going somewhere else. I want to win a premiership. That is an invitation for all these guys to lift their game. And if there's one thing I know about the Dolphins, they're going to show up. They're going to be ready for this. So if Canberra aren't, they could get embarrassed. And a bad week could get much, much worse. I'm going to go the Raiders though. And there might be some bias in this. But yeah, if I have to give you my one reason, it's what I was saying. They've been challenged. Jack Whiten doesn't think they can win a premiership. I don't think a lot of people do. Do these guys think they can win a premiership? Let's see how they respond. They have to respond. Let's get some wins going. Canberra Raiders over the Dolphins. Let's move on to the next game. Sheesh. Okay. Oh, had to really get up for that last one. There's a lot to talk about in that Raiders one. This one's a bit more forgiving, this contest. There's nothing astronomical happening, although there's definitely a bit happening here. We have the second place Seagulls at Four Pines Park, just quietly rocking. Second place, Anthony Seabold. And not a lot of people talking about the Seagulls, especially now given the nature of a couple of their losses and a pretty gritty but not so impressive win against the desperate Tigers. But Seagulls sit second. First third of the season about to be completed. That is an A+. Anthony Seabold. One thing though with this Seagull side is the flat track bullies tag. The only top eight side I can remember them beating in the longest time is Melbourne Storm, who they beat last year. 
and they beat this year. But outside of that, they haven't had a great go of beating the elite teams. Although given they have a new coach in Anthony Seabold, it's kind of like a fresh slate, right? So they've still got an opportunity to prove themselves. This is not that opportunity. Although an important game, this is the Titans. They sit 10th. Titans though, wow, 26-0. Dolphins get them. Unbelievable. They were my cause for concern on the weekend wrap. Shout out to my weekend wrap podcast. If you don't know about that, uh, just review the rounds. So yeah, Titans. I always have a cause for concern. Tigers have got it a couple of times. Uh, Cowboys have been a bit concerning. But round eight, Titans were my cause for concern. And I'm a bit concerned for Justin Holbrook, a coach who I rate. Uh, But just slowly, Titans could be drifting. They could be falling. A promising start to the season. First third of the season, how do I see them? Well, that was really bad last weekend. The loss against the Broncos wasn't great either. They sit 10th. They're not looking like a top 8 team. They're missing Sam Verrills. And yeah, I just don't quite know what's going on. I don't even know if the players quite know what's going on. But this could be a great game for them. This could be one where everyone's sleeping on the Titans and they have a big bounce back. Because I think these it's a good group of guys. Defensively is easily their biggest issue. I think David Fafita's been fantastic. Tino Fasil Malawi has given it his all. Karen Foran, a good signing. There is still time, but the vibe right now, coming off that loss, Justin Holbrook, pressure starting to mount. Especially, look, the media want to fucking sack someone. Adam O'Brien, you can't really put him in the firing right line right now. He's got a Newcastle side that have some amazing talents, but they're not stacked. And he's got them competing week in and week out. Uh, you think about some other sides. Dragons, look, Hook, he's probably gone anyway, but Dragons are still showing up and having some great moments in amongst all the chaos. And Tim Sheens, he only just got to the Tigers, so you can't sack him. Uh, So now they want to sack someone. And so just because of that, we could lose a great coach in Justin Holbrook. And yeah, I'm expecting Gold Coast to be up for this one big time. I'm going the Seagulls though. It just seems like they go. Uh, now Tom Trebojevic, don't know if he's going to play. No Josh Schuster as well. Mixed start to the season. Cooper Johns having plenty of opportunities. And the big talking point, other than Tom Trebojevic and what his fitness is going to be like here and whether he even plays, Ruben Garrick shifts into the centres. Christian Tuipilotu, Jason Saab, who's been awesome on the wings. Uh, no Brad Parker, so Ruben Garrick to left centre. They've got Morgan Harper. This is a gettable game for the Gold Coast Titans. This is just one of those trust factor ones. Like, who do I trust? Do not trust the Gold Coast Titans. Don't really trust Manly. But just going on kind of how things have been going recent years, this is one of those games where Seagulls win. I'd be more th- like in-depth about it if they were playing the Panthers, or the Rabbitohs, or the Broncos. But the Titans just aren't quite that team. So, Titans, though, that could be the thing. I'm underestimating them here, but I just don't trust them. They can absolutely win this game, I just don't trust them. I don't really trust the Seagulls. 
either. Oshay Ole trying to fucking start fights with Brandon Wake and Potter. The league is just the game that keeps on giving. I like it. Uh, but like Kyle Molly, Olukawatu, he's going to be saying, Origin, Origin, Origin. Mr. Freddie Fittler, check this shit out. Freddie Fittler and everyone already have been checking that shit out. How Molly's pretty much already a certainty to make his Origin debut. But this just seems like the right game. Head to head with David Fafida, juicy matchup, for him to say, you gotta pick me. Maybe even start him in the back row. David Fafida Halmole is a phenomenal matchup. Jake Trebojevic up against Tino Fasumala and partnering them respectively, you have Paseca and Fodawaka. This is a hell of a matchup. Titans on paper have a great side and they have an exciting backline that could really trouble Manly. I'm going Manly though. This one just strictly on trust factor. Um, but yeah, Titans a sneaky chance. Don't trust him though. Manly Seagulls over the Gold Coast Titans. Now, the Saturday night game. Saturday night, Carrington Park in Bathurst. The third placed Panthers who have really made themselves at home in Bathurst. I mean, the community love them. West Tigers, 17th. Third place Panthers. Last place, Tigers, 0-7. This is really simple. And look, I will say, Tigers, they've improved the last two weeks. The last weekend was their best performance yet. Uh, But they're just improving at a slower rate than the rest of the competition. But that's a positive thing. That's something I can get optimistic about. That they're getting better. But they're still 0-7. And quite simply, I tipped them against Manly in the last round. I know. And I tipped against Panthers last round, which was successful. Uh, But Tigers, I did say in last week's preview, until further notice, if they didn't beat Manly, I wouldn't tip them again. And that's not to say for the whole season, but they at least have to get a win before I'm willing to tip them. I did it first two rounds, Leichhardt Oval. They lost. They were so disappointing in those games. And I went for them against the Seagulls, a game where... They could have won, and they didn't. It's just been the theme, so I'm not going to tip the Tigers. And no hate, no disrespect to the Tigers here. Like I said, they're improving, but they're taking on Panthers. There's talk, maybe. They bring some young guys into the side. Now, there's no Isaac Tango, uh, replaced by Tyrone Peachy. $2.20, I saw, anytime try score. Gamble responsibly, though, it can be pretty fucked up, and you can lose a lot of money. Uh, But Tyrone Peachy... Think about what you could lose, you know. But Tyrone Peachy, 220. Think about what you could win. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not a sure thing. I don't know, I just like it. He played for the Tigers too, and it didn't work out. And he's wanted to be at the Panthers. So I just feel like, I guess an omen is the right word for it, isn't it? Just an omen bet. Peachy will be like, fuck you, Tigers, I'm out of there. I'm back where I wanted to be and where I belong. Try time. Especially in the centres. Um, and Sunia Taruva named... But Thomas Jenkins, or Tom Jenkins, there's a big chance he makes his debut here. Maybe Cleary or Luai get rested, Jack Cogger. There's a few guys, there's a few guys that they may end up playing. Uh, Or they might go with this lineup, hard to tell. Niggling injuries, I saw Rugby League Guru, give credit where I read that. Uh, Rugby League Guru, I got that from him. Uh, But looking in their extended reserves, some guys who might come in, Luke Garner, former Tiger, that kind of makes sense. 
If he does play, maybe that's an omen bet. Like Garner, anytime try scorer. Tom Jenkins, I do think we'll see here. I don't actually think it's his debut. I think he played in that game at the end of the season where they played their reserve grade guys. Uh, but Tom Jenkins, wouldn't mind him for any time try scorer if he does play. Chris Smith, we could see him come in. Jack Cogger, I think we will see him come in. And Liam Henry, a front rower who hasn't really been spoken about, but he's been killing it in the New South Wales Cup. So yeah, he's one no one's really talking about, but Liam Henry's good. Uh, but this is the side they have named. Jamin Salmon, Lanier, Lindsay Smith on the bench with Sonny Luke, who can definitely swing the game in the Panthers' favour. Of course, Arby Corusau, captain of the Tigers now. So that is a big storyline in itself. Arby Corusau, anytime try scorer. Could be omens everywhere here. And look, they have some good players every week. I reference Isaiah Papali, or Papali'i, and John Bateman. They could always turn a game up against Sorensen and Hosking. Isaiah Yo has been in great form. Uh, I wonder who they're going to rest, but ultimately it just comes down to what I said last week. Tigers lose against Manly, not going to tip them. And Panthers, uh, I did tip against them last weekend, but that is not going to be a regular thing. They were actually my pick to win this year. I still think they can definitely get the three-peat. They're still the team to beat. Broncos looking good. It's a premiership. I mean, it's a fucking marathon, not a sprint. And it is a premiership. Getting ahead of myself getting a bit excited, uh, but Panthers, still the team to beat, no doubt, uh, but no Coruscant, he's gone to the Tigers, they are not the team to beat, quite frankly, they're the team to beat in terms of who everyone knows you can beat, but Panthers, they're the benchmark, and yeah, they could lose this game, they've lost to Tigers in semi recently, um, but I'm just not picking the Tigers. No, no way. I've done it three times. And third time's a charm. Not going Tigers. But at least this week, I'm not talking mad shit about them. Respect for how they showed up last weekend. Now here's their test. Show up for this one. It's in Carrington Park. Bathurst. Bathurst will get around them. Panthers. They're just simply, no matter who they play, their extended reserves are all great players. No matter what combination the 17 is, I am locking in the Penrith Panthers. This just seems like a no-brainer. Tigers, any other team, and it's like, you know, even Bulldogs, it's like they could definitely just pull it out. But the Tigers, if there's just one team where it's like I've seen enough to suggest that they are not going to pull it out, it's the Tigers. Shout out to Charlie Staines too. Another... Uh, former, oh he's not playing, he's out of the team, I don't know if he's injured or what, maybe he's injured, he's out of the team, so he's not even playing in this one, uh, shout out to Jareen Buller though, debut last week, and fuck it, the season's done for Tigers, this kid looks alright, give him a go, why not, Dane Laurie could play in the halves at some stage, Jareen Buller, give him some time in first grade, my cat is scratching at the door, shout out to my cat, I'll let him in in a second. Shout out to Break Brandon Wakeham. Not backing down. Fucking respect. Going into the manly sheds. I did see an article on Fox Sports, probably from staff writers, of like, ooh, fractures at the Tigers potentially. Because one second, Teddy. Sorry. I'll let you in, brother. One moment. Uh, the Finu brothers. One place for Tigers. The other one plays for Manly. And in his debut, Brandon Wakeham sledging him. Alleged spitting incident. 
but apparently Sione Fainu could be the one that's mad. Uh, I have never met the guy though, and I haven't heard him say that. I just heard Fox Sports say that, so a lot of kerfuffle, but shout out to Brandon Wakeham, and looking at his photo, he has a cheeky smile. Go to nrl.com and look at that photo. That is a guy who will happily walk in to opposition team sheds and say, if you want to talk shit, like, let's go. I'll come into your fucking turf, where all your boys are there. Brandon Wakeham rolling in solo. That's the kind of guy Luke Brooks needs alongside him in the halves. And I like it, but I don't like the Tigers. Let's lock in the pick, and let's no longer lock out my cat, because he loves to scratch at the door. He has no idea of the concept of what a podcast is, so what am I going to do? You know, let him in is what I'm going to do. I'm not letting the Tigers in. If they were scratching at the door, I would say, get lost. Get lost. Don't come in. Um, But... You can come in, Teddy. It's time to let Teddy in. It's time to fucking cement this pick. This should be the easiest one of the round. Panthers over Tigers, no doubt. Throw 13 plus in there, fuck it. Respectfully, let's move on. Now this is a game that gets the juices flowing. Warriors, Roosters, Mount Smart Stadium. If it's your first time listening, I'm a mad Warriors fan. Coming off a sad Warriors loss. Uh, Roosters, Roosters on that same Anzac Day, literally yesterday. Literally yesterday. Wow, last night. Yeah, they've already got the team lists out. Last night. Well, why don't we just go back to last night and yesterday, firstly. Uh, But Mount Smart Stadium, 7th placed Warriors, ninth placed Roosters. The ladder is going up and down, so winner of this moves up significantly. Loser, really, they they lose a lot of traction, and they slide backwards a bit. So, crucial game. Both sides will be tired as well. Warriors busted. We don't know if Dylan Walker's going to be play, uh, be playing. He's been named. No chance Nicole Klockstad. Uh, no, who else is out? Toyu Harris, who was killing it. Adam Fanua Blake is playing. He was... Phenomenal against the Storm last night. Uh, but no Torhu Harris, who was playing really well. Same as Jazz Tavanga. So they're massive losses. But like Andrew Webster said in the press conference, these next guys up are just going to have to get the job done. Josh Curran moves into lock, which I like a lot. Uh, if Dylan Walker is out, which would suck, I don't think it's warranted, then I'd say Ronald Volkman comes in. Tamari Martin's still injured. Luke Metcalf, not too far off. Let's not forget about Luke Metcalf. And I love Tane Tuapiki. Anyone who knows me knows I have huge raps on Tane Tuapiki. And I believe part of the reason Roger Tuavasashek is playing in the centres is because they have this kid. Now, Chance, he's going to be the number one going forward. But Tane Tuapiki, I, I really think once Roger left, it was sad. Like, I spoke about Jack Whiten earlier. I was truly sad when Roger left, but I was like, I understand. Warriors were not going well at the time. He was giving his best years of his career to us. And throw in the COVID situation, which I don't think gets talked about enough, and that he was away from his family, the chance to play rugby in Auckland, and of course pursue an All Blacks jersey for this coming World Cup, uh, which he probably won't get. Now, if Blues win, which they're a shot of doing this season, then that could change. But he could be playing for the New Zealand Kiwis at the end of this year. Who knows? 
Uh, but Roger Tuavaza Shek, when he left, it was sad. We got Reese Walsh, and I was so happy. But then he left. Entertained Tuapiki, and I've just been really excited ever since I saw. Once I saw he was on a train and trial deal, I was like, oh shit. He was Queensland Cup Player of the Year last year, and I like him a lot. Warriors, as well, sitting first in New South Wales Cup. And it's not a team full of big names, but they're getting it done. I like Team Tuapiki a lot. Head-to-head with James Tedesco, so huge test. They're not directly opposing each other, but in terms of like crucial outs, it's the ends that I like. Team Tuapiki, I'm a fan. Dallin Wateni's a Lesniak. Had a great game. Wade Egan back. Love myself some Wade Egan. Bunty Arfoa, one of my favourite players, so I'm happy to see him in the starting lineup. But yeah, we are really going to miss Torhu Harris and Jazz Tavanga. When you think about Matt Lodge, uh, you think about Lindsay Collins, Jared Waria Hargreaves, who's playing as good as he ever has, uh, Brandon Smith, we're really going to miss those guys uh, through the middle. Roosters with such a star-studded team. We, of course, faced them earlier this year. We almost beat them. We just we gave up crucial mistakes. And Roosters are beatable, but I don't like the timing of this matchup. Warriors played last night. Now, Roosters played yesterday, and it was a one-point win against the Dragons. But Warriors came away with heaps of injuries, and it was just such a physical game. So no doubt they're going to be tired. No doubt they're going to be fatigued. Uh, now coaches, Andrew Webster, love Andrew Webster, uh, and Trent Robinson, massive amount of respect for him. And the key battle across the park, I do think it's in the middle, especially with the losses the Warriors have had. Love Josh Curran in the number 13 jersey. He's someone alongside Nia Kore and Jackson Ford who can get through a heap of work, same as Adam Fanua Blake, and looking at the bench, we've gone Viliami Vailea. Now, Angus Crichton, Satili Tupaniua, and Matt Lodge all returning from injury recently. They're all on the bench. And, of course, in the number 22 jersey, not named to play, Nathan Brown signed from the Eels. Uh, no Sam Walker still as well. That's a bit of a noteworthy thing. Uh, Joey Manu and Luke Carey in the halves. But, yeah, look, sorry I talked about the Warriors so much but they are my team and uh, last night it was an exciting time even though we lost and roosters are the benchmark so this is a really big game and roosters are favorites if i didn't support the warriors i'm absolutely tipping the roosters here but i do support the warriors and so there's definitely bias involved here but i want to dial it back to what i've been saying all season now before i dial back the fatigue factor, especially in the Warriors case. That is the one thing that I think can really haunt us here. Now, we've shown that we're resilient, but it's a short turnaround. And Roosters, short turnaround as well, but just the nature of the games and the key personnel that we're going to be missing. Even with our best 17, Roosters would be favourites. And they've already beaten us this year. But the one thing, let's dial it back. What I've been saying all season. Mount Smart Stadium. It's a fortress. They haven't lost there yet. I've been saying it all year. And yeah, I just think... I think the Roosters are going to win. But I'm not tipping them. Because I'm sticking 
with what I've been saying. The Mount Smart Stadium Fortress, I believe it's a thing. And this is the ultimate test. This is where I put it to the true test, right? Let's see if it holds up, this little theory. This is the ultimate test. They're fatigued. They are missing some of their best players. And we're going to have to rely on that next man up mentality against probably a team outside of the Panthers, even probably more so than the Panthers, that a lot of people had winning the Premiership, not just this year, but every year. They are right in the mix. So Roosters, you would say, just are going to win this game. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm sticking with Mount Smart, the Fortress. This is the ultimate test of that theory. If they win here, I won't come on the Weekend Wrap podcast and talk about it heaps. I won't be like, whoa, I'll just... You'll know. You've heard me say it here. And if they lose, um, well, then there we go. People can beat us at Mount Smart, but no one has yet. Roosters. This is the ultimate test. As was Storm, and then we got Panthers. So realistically, there is a chance Warriors plummet down the ladder, but I am not. I'm not thinking like that. This is a different Warriors side. Roosters guns, but this is a different Warriors side. And let me just lock it in. I'm blabbling. But yeah, Mount Smart Stadium, the fortress. If there is one thing I'm putting this tip down to, it's that New Zealand Warriors. I'm going for the big underdog here. No one thinks they can do it. I do. Warriors over the Roosters. There you have it. There you have it. Let's move on before I talk some more shit. Warriors over Roosters, though. Mount Smart. The Mount Smart Joker. He's going to be there. Maybe the Let's Go on Warriors guy is going to be there. Everyone's going to fucking be there. Right now in Auckland, uh, my hometown, that is the buzz. That is absolutely the buzz. The Warriors, there's a different aura around this team. And I'm getting around them. That's my team by the Hoodie Gurus. Warriors over the Sydney Roosters. Let's move on to the final game of the round. Always makes me laugh when Dragons play at Wynn Stadium, given that, yeah, Wynn Stadium, I think that joke tells itself respectfully. Uh, But the 14th place Dragons, uh, they played very well against the Roosters. Very unfortunate to be defeated there. 14th placed Bulldogs, 16th placed, traveling to Wollongong. Uh, But I thought I'd pull up the ladder. Both teams on six points on the competition ladder, both on negative four and against. Now Bulldogs, negative 81. That's actually the worst in the comp. They've been hit very hard by injuries, mind you. And if you've listened in previous weeks, I'm very optimistic. I'm still, I think, going forward from next year onwards. Bulldogs are going to be the real deal. Um, But they actually have worse for and against than the Tigers, interestingly enough. News to me, as it is to you, unless you already knew that. Um, But Dragons minus 23, so not as dire. But more importantly, they are all on six competition points, alongside the Cowboys and Eels as well. So these are all sides that are still in top eight contention, funnily enough. Now, Bulldogs, looking at that for and against, that is quite dire. And yeah, they've been hit so hard by injuries. At full strength, they'd be much more in the mix. But what I like about Cameron Sorreldo is he's pulled the trigger. 
He's dropped Kyle Flanagan. He's brought in Josh Reynolds with Kyle Oluwapu waiting in the wings. And they're still going to be having a crack at playing in the finals. As are the Dragons, despite all this Anthony Griffin drama. And Jaden Sullivan, not named here to play. Uh, but he has been killing it in reserve grade. So this is exciting. Both these sides. Winner starts to be more relevant in the top eight race. And I've said it several times this podcast, but this is the final round of the first third of the competition. I know it's probably should be split in quarters, but yeah, just the way I view it, this first third of the season leading into magic round, where just everything culminates in the one place and it really kicks off uh, just this never ending stream of epic footy. Like things start to really matter points and kind of spots on the ladder it all becomes relevant the games only get bigger as the season progresses and magic round kicks it off and it leads into origin all the talk beforehand like who's going to get selected then we get the teams they play a huge series now at times teams of course are going to be having players injured and suspended it's happening as much as ever sinbin of course Uh, And more importantly, teams are going to miss players through origin at times. So there are all sorts of challenges that lay ahead. And Magic Round is really the marquee event that really kickstarts this season. But more so than ever, this start, given how competitive the NRL has been, this isn't the biggest portion of the season, by no means. But wins have been more important than ever. And losses. So Dragons and Bulldogs, final game of the first third of this competition. And look, winner, they're on eight points, which would have them still out of the top eight, but still in the mix, much more in the mix than the loser of this game. So it's very high stakes at this point of the season. And yeah, there's not much separating. I mean, Bulldogs and Dragons on six points. and. Panthers on 10 points, and Rabbitohs, and Sharks, and Storm, and Warriors, and Dolphins, and Roosters. Like, this round, it's gonna, it's gonna be huge, because then going into Magic Round, like blah blah blah, yeah, this whole third system I've got going on, uh, but the greatest challenge is navigating Origin, and then after that, there's gonna be injuries and all sorts. After Origin, some of these elite players dealing with fatigue, and just the emotional roller coaster of the NRL season. And then we lead into finals. And I have a feeling a lot of fans are going to be excited about their team's chances because it's still anyone's game. And I'm an optimistic, half glass full guy. It could still be the Dragons or to a lesser extent, the Bulldogs game. Now that seems crazy, but yeah, like. I mean, the betting odds would be fucking huge. And I don't think either of these sides will win the Premiership. But I'm not ruling them out. That's what I love about this season. Only the Tigers... The Tigers are... Which is not a bad thing. I'm not shitting on the Tigers. But I'm saying it. Everyone else is a live chance and tool proven otherwise. And this is a swings and roundabouts game. The winners... Well, then they go into the second portion of the season... This huge challenge where, yeah, you start to set up kind of where you want to finish on the ladder. 
If they can win, they are right steady in the mix. But there's going to be so much that has to play out over this round, and all these teams can control is getting the win. Dragons have been playing really well. Bulldogs have been showing up despite a hectic injury toll. I'm going to go the Dragons here. And yeah, ultimately I don't see either of these sides making the top eight. We don't know what the Dragons are going to look like going forward either. We don't, I don't think Anthony Griffin is going to be there next year. So it's just like, I don't know exactly what direction Dragons are going in, but they have a lot of promising players. And there's still a very strong lineup right now that no doubt want to be playing in the finals. Bulldogs, much tougher ask. That points differential is a point of concern. But no team has had as much adversity in terms of facing injuries and the like than the Bulldogs. And they still have a great team. This is a winnable game. And whoever wins, I've spoken about it, huge importance. This could be the difference between whether one of these sides plays finals or misses out, especially in the Dragons' case. That's why I'm leaning towards St. George here. Bulldogs, I think they know it's going to be a tough year, but a good year. A year of a lot of growth. Some of these young guys are going to have to take on more responsibility with the likes of Kickout, Josh Adokar out. Uh, but Stephen Crichton on the way. Carl Oluapu, not far off. There's a lot to like about the Canterbury Bulldogs, but just given the adversity they're facing, St. George, this is a crucial game. This truly could be the difference between finals and no finals. A lot on the line. I'm going to go the Dragons. Hopefully, for the Mad Dragons vodcast guy, they can fire up. And if you're a Dragons fan, fire up Dragons fans. Seriously, I want to get this tip up. But good luck Bulldogs fans as well. Should be a fun way to end the round. And yeah, I know some people would say, oh, it's a fucking poo slinger. This one's not a poo slinger. I gave that the full respect. This one, winner, it means a lot. Finals, everyone's a chance except the Tigers. So I've just babbled on, but yeah, I think I've driven my point home. Dragons over the Bulldogs. And those are all eight games this round. So now I guess I'll just throw a couple of plugs out there and be on my way. Uh, we've got the Weekend Wrap podcast out this weekend on probably Sunday, either Sunday or Monday. As soon as the game's finished, it's basically a shorter format review of the round, plus some performance highlights. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, you can follow us over on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report or on your preferred podcast platform. You'll be able to see as soon as the Weekend Wrap podcast is out. And yeah, can. Get some answers, really. A lot of questions. That's what the previews are about. And we all know now, the weekends are about finding out some answers. So I'll be back on the weekend rap podcast and discuss some of the answers we have to all the bloody questions I've been asking. And yeah, I'll have to look at the ladder. I haven't been looking at the ladder yet in any of the podcasts. But yeah, this weekend, after all the games, first third of the season completed. And we'll have a look at the ladder and maybe just discuss quickly where sides are at, how they've gone in this first third, and a little bit about what's ahead. Booyah. That was an alright outro. Usually I fully shit the bed, so let's go out while the iron is hot. I'll just play that music. Let's just play that music. Thank you for listening. That That is worth saying. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And of course... 
most importantly, enjoy the footy this weekend. Go the Warriors.